What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Permission to Pivot podcast. I'm your host, Jasmine. And before we get any further into the episode, I just want to say Happy New Year. If you're listening to this, that means that even your worst day from 2023, you made it through to the other side. And now we're in 2024. And I don't know about you, but I know that I'm looking forward to just seeing what 2024 has in store. And I hope that you are too. So happy, happy new year. I'm obviously excited because a new year means that we're also starting and ushering in a new season of the podcast. If you haven't listened to season one, grow through it, then go back and do it. Um, had some amazing guests in season one um, sharing really just their journeys of growth and evolution um, through pivots and transitions and the lessons that they learned um, through those journeys. Season two, <laughs> drum roll, it's all about mastering your mental. When I think about um, all of the work that goes into really transitioning from one year to the next, lots of reflection, lots of intention setting, goal setting, commitments made, resolutions, whatever you want to call them. Um, we do a lot of that, or a lot of people do a lot of that. And when I thought about really this season, I thought what better time than a new year to talk about mindset and mental health and just overall wellness in general and not only their importance, but how all of all of those things influence how we pivot, why we pivot, they influence transitions. And then also like our transitions and our pivots can have an impact and influence on those things. And so as we endeavor to do whatever we've we've set our mind, whatever you set your mind to do in 2024, knowing that like your wellness, your overall mental, physical, emotional, financial, spiritual, all of the areas of wellness, right? Like they matter because when you are whole, you're full, you're pouring from a full cup, right? You're able to do so much more in this world and in this earth. And so that's what we're focused on this season. I'm bringing along some incredible guests mental health experts, wellness experts, enthusiasts, folks who have both been classically trained and work in areas of wellness and mental health and others who are just advocates for um, mental health and wellness across a variety of spaces. And so I'm looking forward to those conversations. You know, if you've listened to season one, you already know the guests be dropping the gems. So I hope that you're going to keep rocking with me this season um, to hear more about how to master your mental. I would be remiss, though, to not start this season without talking about my own mental health journey and how there have been pivots, transitions, and some really um, impactful moments that have influenced my own mental health and wellness journey. And so I'm going to share some of those pivotal points (laughs) and some of the lessons that I learned or am still learning. So I want to take you back to Fall 2014, I had just graduated undergrad in May, 
had moved to Texas for a summer internship and then in August had moved to Tampa to start my master's program and was so excited. What I know now about my whole first year of grad school is I spent my whole first year faking the funk. Every single day I was faking the funk. Um, I honestly think I I was like high key depressed and faked the funk for a whole year. And I know I was faking the funk because when I think back to that first year of grad school, I went to work, my assistantship, I went to class. When I wasn't in class, I was in my room. I lived on campus in graduate student housing, had roommates, wasn't trying to talk to my roommates. I was in my room watching Netflix, talking to my boyfriend or doing homework. And while I socialized with my cohort and was still able to like build genuine connections with my cohort, every time I went out, I was just like, this is not what I'm used to. Like these people are not like my friends from undergrad. I just wasn't I wasn't overly open to the idea of like being a new community and finding new community, but was going through the motions. And so ultimately have myself convinced, like we having a good time. We're enjoying this. If anybody asks me, oh, how's grad school going? How's the move? How's the transition? Quickly say, oh, it's straight. Like, I love it here. Like it's, it's, you know, sunshine and roses. Meanwhile, again, what I know now is that I was not having a good time. I miss my family. I miss my I miss my boo. I miss my friends. And I was in this new place trying to figure out how to build community, trying to understand how to do this new job, trying to um like exceed excel in class and all of these things like happening all at the same time. And so I faked the funk for a whole year. I faked the funk and my breaking point um, that year was when my supervisor um, called me into her office and I was getting, we were, we were getting ready to go to another summer internship, which was a part of our program curriculum. So this was probably May, early May, end of April, early May. She pulled me in my office. I'm thinking we we're having a regular one-on-one meeting. And she was like, I'm going to be honest with you. I don't know what to do with you. And I was like, skirt, what are you talking about? You don't know what to do with me. What does that even mean? And as I listened to her and she sort of explained what she meant, what she ultimately said was like the passion, the fire, the enthusiasm that I remember you having when I met you last year during your interview weekend. I don't see it. I have no clue what you're passionate about, what you're interested in doing. I don't know what programs to assign to you because it just doesn't seem like you're excited about anything. And I don't know if y'all have ever been in, been in a situation where you really think like you don't put the mask on so well that you even convinced yourself that you like really like where you're at or that you believe, you begin to believe, right? Like the lie of whatever funk you faking and somebody sits you down and raise you for filth and you say oh uh, and that's that was the moment I had this like reckoning as she shared and I broke down in her office was boohoo balling sobbing and I just had to be honest of like 
I haven't been happy. I miss my family. I'm eight hours away. This is the first time I've ever been away from my immediate family ever. Um, I miss my boyfriend. I miss my friends. Like, this is hard. Um, I'm working a lot. And like everything about this, this transition is hard. Like, and I'm struggling. And she was like, thanks for being honest, because now we can do something now. We can, we can get, we can figure this out. And what she, what she did was she told me like, I want you to take this summer. You're going to be closer to home, be able to reconnect all of these things. I don't know what you need to find this summer, but you need to find something. And when you come back, like, we'll have another conversation. Needless to say, long story short, came back. We was good. We never had a conversation like that again. Um, this was re-energized. She was really excited. You know, all of the things. What I learned in that season was one, faking the funk is only going to get you so far because because there will come a point where you hit a wall and you won't maybe realize that you've hit the wall or that you're showing up differently. But people who know you well, who've been around you, have maybe seen you in a different season, they will know. And hopefully those are good good folks, folks that you trust, that you love, that you can be vulnerable with, like my supervisor. And you can be honest with them. They'll call you out and, and give you an opportunity to be vulnerable. What I also learned in that season was our environments have the potential to significantly influence the types of coping strategies that we choose to engage in. And while I love my grad school friends, we had a time and I love them dearly, the cats, they know who they are. There was, there were so many unhealthy coping strategies that I was using that first year of grad school that ultimately didn't serve who I wanted to be, who I wanted to become, and they weren't healthy. They got me through, but they were heavily influenced by what my friends, what my community, what my peers were doing at the time, and not necessarily what I likely would have chosen for myself in a different environment. Um, and it just made me really, as I look back on that season, I know now that when I begin to experience these like major shifts in my mood or my behavior, that it it might be time to interrogate like what's going on with your mental health, right? So fast forward. That was 2014. Fast, 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 fast forward six years. We're in 2020. Y'all know 2020, the whole world was on fire. In 2020, when COVID hit, um, I was working at Auburn University in diversity and inclusion, um, running a scholarship program. And it was a lot, like working in just an education in general, um, K through 12 and in, and in uh, post-secondary and, co and colleges and university was just a really hard time. In addition to that summer, y'all know, that summer, Breonna Taylor, Ahmaud Arbery, um, just like, it was just so, it was so much that happened this summer around, around just like police brutality, like the violence on black bodies and, and that's that whole summer. It was just so much unrest around, you know, this, what was happening in the black community. And I was working in diversity and inclusion. And so having to like show up for students to create a space to process, show up for colleagues to create a space to process. While I was like, I haven't processed this for myself. Like, and this is traumatic for me to have to walk through this again, over and over again in such a short period of time. And so that summer I got into therapy for the very first time. Cause I was like, I'm about to lose my sanity. 
I am overwhelmed. I am emotional. I've become emotionally numb. Like, I don't want to talk about this. I don't want to support people through this anymore. I'm over it. Like, I just knew I was in a space where I was like, yeah, no, this is not a good feeling. Not when you work with people. This is not a good feeling to have to be numb when you have to show up and support other folks. So went to my first therapist. Shout out to Adrian at Inspire Counseling. Um, and man, it was such a such an amazing year and time in therapy. Not even really talking about like all of the things that were going on or that we did do that. Like we we really went back and looked at um, deep seated beliefs and narratives that I had around self. And when I realized going through therapy was one, everybody, everybody needs an unbiased party who wants to see them be the best version of themselves, the most healthy, the most successful, the most authentic version of themselves, but who ultimately does not have any skin in the game in terms of having an immediate benefit to that person being healthy. Right. And when I say that, what I mean is that like our parents, our pastors, our friends, our partners, like they have a vested interest in seeing us be our healthiest versions because they benefit from that. My therapist didn't benefit anything from me being the healthiest version of myself other than getting paid. But she didn't have any other benefit. And that neutrality, I think, is important for all folks to have a neutral party that you can be honest and authentic with and they can give it to you real and raw and help you to process like all of your stuff, right? I also learned in in my time in therapy um, that even though I'd had like a quote unquote good life, um, that I still had like stuff I needed to work out. I still had trauma and that there's not a hierarchy for trauma that there's not one type of trauma that is more traumatic than another. Like they have, they have long lasting impact regardless of how we would unconsciously or subconsciously rank them. Right. And I learned that as I talked with her and we processed and we worked through big feelings and emotions about a lot of different things. I was like, yeah, like I would never say that I lived a traumatic, troubled, dysfunctional life growing up, but it didn't mean that I didn't have my own stuff that needed to get worked out. And that was a realization to me that like, yeah, you can still have stuff. (laughs) And it's not a reflection of good or bad parenting. Like it's just stuff because you're human and it's okay for you to have stuff and for you to need to work stuff out. Like that is okay. And So now I'm just like (laughs) pro-therapy. I'm pro-therapy, especially when you're not in an immediate crisis or because I learned a lot of tools and skills that I still use today um, because I wasn't in a crisis when I began therapy. We were headed there probably. Um, And so I'm pro like, Go to therapy even when when your life is going well because it's going to help you when things do go awry because that's just like how life works. Um, There's some buffers in place. There's some tools and some strategies 
that you have that you might not have if you're not in therapy. And so pro-therapy, pro-funded therapists, all of it. Um, And I'm pro, you can love the Lord, go to church, pray, and still have a therapist. Okay. So my last, um, not my last point on my mental health journey, but the last sort of uh, space of the journey that I'll share is from what is now almost two years ago. Um, so we're sort of in a post-COVID society, um, traveling, and I was traveling to a conference for work, and I had a panic attack in the middle of a flight because my my first and only panic attack that I've ever had. One of the scariest things I've ever experienced. One, because I thought it was something like completely different and then was trying to like raise my blood sugar because I thought my blood sugar was just low. That wasn't working. And so then I had no clue what was happening. And it was just like, it was actually terrifying. And... I'm still, I'm not going to lie, like, I'm still trying to understand, process, all of the things. I'm still working through understanding, like, what triggers some of that, like, overwhelming anxiety that puts my body in, like, a true fight or flight mode. Um, and I've been working on that since this happened, like tried therapy again, had to hire and fire therapists as I just wasn't feeling it. I'm still looking for a therapist. Um, and so that's hard cause I'm pro therapy and want to be in, want to have a therapist and I have not found someone that, um, I feel like I mesh with or, you know, all the things. Right. Um, because of that experience, I have a much more keen awareness of how anxiety like shows up in my body, um, how certain experiences, environments, um, even like future events, like thoughts of future events sometimes will trigger anxiety. Um, and so really trying to like figure out how to, yeah, like take my body out of this like fight or flight mode, um, which is hard. Uh yeah, which is hard. <clears throat> and it's definitely hard when, like, you don't have a therapist. So I'm like, I'm really, like, talking with my friends and, and praying and, like, trying to sort of figure this thing out in the meantime. And it's just, yeah, it's just, it's interesting. Like, it's an interesting experience to have an, a panic attack in your 30s. What? <laughs> um, But, like, that's what happened. And so um, ultimately, like today, I'm still figuring out. I'm so, that's what I'm, that's where I'm at currently. Like I'm trying to find a therapist. I'm trying to um, be aware of, of things that potentially trigger anxiety, get a, get a better handle on that anxious energy, find outlets to sort of release some of that anxious energy. And ultimately this year, like I, I'm really commit and even last year was I'm really committed to figuring out like what does it mean to show up for me for Jasmine 
And how do I show up in a way where I don't feel like I have to dilute any part of self to be in a space, to be in a relationship, to be whatever? Like, how can I show up authentically? And how can I be intentional about not diluting the ways in which I show up? Which is difficult because I recognize over time, right, that there there have been moments, seasons, relations, all these things where, like, I've learned how to dim my life for other people where I've learned how to dilute like who I am authentically. And so I'm trying to get back to like, what does that even mean? What does that look like? Who am I again? Right. And that's hard, internal, (laughs) um, messy, emotional, complex work. And so I share all of these pieces of my journey to let you know, like when I think about mental health and mindset and just wellness overall, like it's a journey. And because it's a journey, that means that like there's highs and there's lows. And sometimes the lows are low. They're low. And sometimes you don't even recognize that the low was was as low as it was until you're out on the other side of it. And so there's ebbs and flows because that's just like how life works. But if you're anything like me and you're just committed to showing up better this year, Knowing that, like, taking care of self, taking care of your mind, taking care of what your well-being, all of that matters. It it and it doesn't happen overnight. Like we've been so conditioned to show up in all of these different ways to um that don't serve us, and to unlearn that is not an overnight process. And so, I just want to encourage you. I want to encourage you to give yourself grace. Wherever you're at in your mental health and wellness journey, it's a journey. And because it's a journey, that means that there will be moments when you get it and moments when you don't. Moments when you're taking steps forward and moments when you take steps back. And that's all right. Okay? As long as you get up to fight another day. I know that... Every episode, if you've been with us, you know, we close with the same type of statement every episode. Fill in the blank statement every episode. And so I'm going to do it today, even though I know what the statement is. I have not pre-written out what I'm going to say. And so my permission statement um, today is, I have permission to, okay, I see, I don't have notes because now I got to really think about it. <laughs> I have permission to unlearn, unlearn all of the behaviors, the mindsets, the beliefs, the narratives, the coping strategies that no longer serve the woman that I intend on being. And the woman that I'm becoming. Like I have permission to unlearn those things, to leave them, to leave them <laughs> where they at. And and I have permission to adopt new narratives, new strategies, 
um, new beliefs, new mindset, new wellness practices and rhythms that do serve the woman that I intend on being and the woman that I'm becoming. And I have permission to show up <laughs> in that way every single day this year, undiluted for myself and for others. So I encourage you, if you're listening to this episode, you got all the way to the end. What's your permission statement? What are you giving yourself permission to do today after reflecting on your own mental health journey or your wellness journey? Drop a comment. Let me know. Thank y'all so much for listening to me share. I look forward to sharing more this season um, and future seasons just about what I'm learning and and pivoting and transitions and seasons. Um, So excited for season two. Like I said, we got mental health and wellness experts and enthusiasts joining us each episode this season. The episodes drop each week. So stay tuned. You got to come back and listen for the next one. It's dropping next week. Um, If you are enjoying this conversation, let me know. Like, comment, or leave a review. Subscribe and share with a friend. Let's spread the love, y'all. Also, if you're not already following my business page on social media, at Magnolia Pen with two N's Co. I'll leave that one in the show notes for you. Then you should be. There's some additional podcast content that shows up on social media that would love for you to come join the conversation over there. See what I'm doing, what I'm learning both in life and in business as I create community and grow and do all of the things as a nine to fiver and an entrepreneur. Um, again, thank you so much for joining me today, listening into this episode, looking forward to continuing the conversation around mastering your mental, um, for the rest of this season. I'll see y'all in the next episode of the permission to pivot podcast.